This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Paris Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles, my guest is Alistair Lockhart, Property Director for French Entree, a leading resource for Anglophones interested to purchase property in or relocate to France. Alistair's own love of France began in the Normandy region as a youngster and blossomed when he met his wife in 2001 and has since lived in Paris and the Dordogne with his family. Let's hear how Alistair can assist you with your entree into French property. Alistair, I want to thank you for joining me on the Parish Property Chronicles. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and also about French entree? Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. My background is I did a, a law degree a very long time ago. My, my sort of professional career was sales and marketing. I'd wanted to move to France ever since I was 13. We did a, a French exchange at school. Uh, I fell in love with the country and eventually realized my ambition. Uh, in 2004, we moved out to uh, France with my wife. Uh, both of my children were born out in France and I was the MD of a, a national estate agency, which was selling properties to predominantly British buyers, but uh, international buyers. Did that for six years, came back to the UK, uh, did a couple of different things, went into the charity sector for four years. And then at the tender age of, what, 39, was at a bit of a crossroads and decided to and decided to get back into the thing that I really, really loved, that was passionate about, which was French property. You know, we'd, we'd gone over to France several times. My in-laws live, live in France. And every time we drove past a house with a, you know, an avendre sign outside the front, the car would slow down and I'd be looking at it. You know, once I think once you've got the bug for French property, it's quite, it's quite hard to lose it, I, I think. So I got in touch with uh, the owners of French, uh, French Entree uh, uh, in, well, a couple of years ago. Uh, I'd known them when I was in France uh, in the late noughties. And French Entree is part of the France Media Group, which is which is a publisher. It's a specialist publisher of uh, print and digital titles, uh, everything related to France, you know, deep, deep specialists about France. And there's France Today magazine, which is travel and tourism. There's the website Bonjour Paris and various other niche titles. And, and of course, French Entree, which is about property and, and living. So I went and had a coffee, knocked on their door and said, look, guys, I'm at a bit of a loose end. I know pretty much everything there is to know about selling property in France and I love it. Can I can I come and join your team? So yeah. And they said come on board basically. Well yeah they didn't they didn't sort of throw me out of the building which I thought was a good start. Um, <laughs> and you know, I think it was just you know I'm I'm a big believer in in serendipity and good timing and you know they were at a place where they needed somebody to come in and take over the, the running of the business and I wanted you know desperately to get back into doing something with, with France and French property. So so yeah so, so French entree is it was set up by the owner of France media. It was set up when he was buying a property in the Dordogne several years ago, some 15 years ago. He couldn't find the answers to the questions that he had. And so he was getting quite vexed. So he set up an online resource called French Entree and mm-hmm. it grew, became a magazine and is now, you know, arguably one of the leading resources for English speaking buyers who are looking to, to buy in France. Okay, great. Where, where are you based? Yeah, so, so we're in the UK. Uh, the office is in Bath, uh, the, 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 the Georgian spa town of Bath, which is lovely. But of course, none of us have been there for a while uh, and we've all been working from home. So I, uh, I'm i actually down in Salisbury. I live in a little village just south of Salisbury near Stonehenge, uh, for those of you who don't know where Salisbury is. And I live in a little village with the River Avon running behind my, at the end of my back garden, uh, which is very pleasant. So imagine a quintessential English rural scene, and that's uh, that's where I am. Mm, you've set the stage for us. So uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the Anglophone communities that you serve, mostly British, but you 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 also serve the American audience as well. 
Yeah, we've, we've done a, a reasonable amount of work analysing who our audience is, you know, be that the, the, the readership of the magazines or the, or the online audience. But it kind of, you know, it kind of washes out at about 50 to 60% British readership, 20, 25% American readership. And then the, the balance is kind of made up of other key Anglophone countries. So clients and read from Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the Middle East, Far East, South Africa. And in terms of who we serve as a public publisher it could be somebody who's looking to buy a, a small holiday cottage somewhere mm-hmm. in rural France it could be you know it could be somebody who's looking to invest in an apartment in Paris equally it could be somebody looking to buy a, a chateau or a manoir and, and run a commercial business somewhere so the, the anglophone community is reasonably spread I would say in terms of what they are looking for but invariably different you know without you know you don't want to be too stereotypical about about this sort of thing but you can kind of you can kind of look at the trends of you know what the British clients are looking for and where where they're looking and what American looking for and where they're looking. So if I if I receive an inquiry from an American prospective buyer, for example, I could probably place good money on you know the three or four parts of France that they might be looking in, and the same with an Australian client or the same with a, a British client. Let's let's see if how, how you dissect the regions yeah, and and your Anglo exactly and where your Anglophone communities are where their interests lie. For the Brits, in what regions do they typically look for for property? So I mean there, there are classic regions. Where where British buyers will always look. I think if you were to plot it on a graph, they do kind of, you know, they, they ebb and flow. At the moment, for example, partly because of Brexit, I think, areas like Normandy and Brittany, they're always popular, but mm-hmm. they're even more popular than normal at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a significant amount of activity in the Normandy and Brittany regions because they're easy to get to, particularly for those buyers who are looking to... Uh, they desperately want to get to France. They want to buy in France, mm-hmm. but maybe they're not ready to make the full commitment to be 10 hours south, or maybe they're not ready to make the full commitment of investing 500, 800,000 euros in a property. They will perhaps look at something a little bit cheaper and a little bit closer to home in Normandy or Brittany so they can get their feet wet, not literally wet, uh, get their feet wet in uh, in France uh, and then maybe move further south later on. Uh, and obviously the properties in Normandy and Brittany are exceptionally good value, which, which you know, the Brits love. It's really easy to get to. Uh, my in-laws, uh, my parents-in-law live in uh, uh, Normandy and, you know, and you know, we can be there in, in six hours door to door, you know, in the car. Um, and there, and there's so, some beautiful coastlines in, in, the, in the region as well. Yeah, there's some amazing coastlines. There are some, you know, incredible tourist attractions like Mont Saint-Michel and the Normandy beaches. Um, you've got lots of ports coming in from the UK, so it's it's really easy to get to. It's really beautiful. Some of the architecture there is is just stunning. You're only a couple of hours from Paris, you know, on on the train. So yeah, Normandy, Brittany, always always popular, but particularly popular at the moment because of the Brexit effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose as if we move in my mind anti-clockwise, then you know, coming down the Atlantic coast, there's a sprinkling of interest around sort of Vendée, and then you get into Poitou-Charentes. That's very popular. Charente-Maritime, the Charente, Dordogne, hugely popular. You know, it has been since the 70s. You know, I can't see that changing anytime soon. And then departments that are kind of on the margins of the Dordogne. So, you know, closer to Bordeaux, uh, down into the Lot-et-Garonne. There's probably a bit of a gap then in that kind of Long de Gers region before you mm-hmm. get into Toulouse and the Pyrenees. And then the Languedoc is very popular uh, mm-hmm. with, with Brit. But that's the, the, that's the lower cost option of buying something on the Med than if you go around to, to Provence. Mm. So 
we don't have vast numbers of British buyers looking in Provence. Let me let me correct that. They look in Provence, in rural Provence. You know, the the, the Peter Mail book, whenever it was in the eighties, you know, still stands. People want to go and spend a year and longer in Provence. In Provence, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's that's you know very popular. Cote d'Azur probably less so, to be honest. That probably tends to be other nationalities. The Alps is is popular, and then and then Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's lots of gaps in there that I haven't covered, but that probably covers the vast majority. So Normandy and Brittany, down into the southwest, the Languedoc, Provence, the Alps, and Burgundy. And then what about for the Yanks? What about for the Americans? The list is shorter. So Paris is number one for our American clients without without question. Côte d'Azur or the Alps. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then probably in fourth place is probably Dordogne uh, because that's probably or possibly the the most well-known rural part of France that an American buyer might have heard of or been over to to see um, you know you then got probably in fifth place is the Languedoc you know lots of lots of American particularly holiday homes actually they don't tend to buy permanent residences in in Languedoc not a lot of emigration but in terms of buying a nice sort of two to three bedroom classic Languedoc you know townhouse with a bit of a sun trap courtyard within half an hour of the coast is is very popular with with American buyers um, and then there's kind of a there's probably another category of American buyer for whom the geography is irrelevant and actually it's more about the product and the property that they're trying to buy and mm-hmm. they might have very specific requirements which might be a specific amount of land uh, it might be they want a property that looks uh, in you know that looks a particular way that's a particular style they might want a particular combination or configuration of buildings to run a commercial business in which case it's less relevant to them where the property is they just want to invest in a property of this type this is my budget in france and might be be less fixated on being in a particular department or region and i think with those clients often you find is they want to be within two hours of paris because then it's really easy to get back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You spoke a little bit about it before, but um, let's let's expand on what you perceive is the COVID effect. And w- what are you seeing relative to Anglophones and their interest in buying property in France? You know, it's obviously been a strange year for everybody. If I go back a step pre-COVID, you know, the Brexit effect for the last few years has been one of uncertainty. Obviously, Brexit doesn't really impact an American buyer or a Canadian buyer. It really is principally British. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's always this, you know, nagging doubt in the back of the mind of an American or Canadian or Australian buyer is the potential long tail impact on Europe of Brexit. And therefore there's always been a slight nervousness around property prices. But obviously Brexit has, you know, predominantly affected, you know, 50, 60% of our audience who are the British buyers. I think I think this there's just been this, you know, uncertainty, you know, and you know, those people who might have come out a couple of years ago have just been waiting and waiting and waiting and sitting on the fence. Ultimately, buying a property in France, unless you're moving out because you've got a job there, you know, buying a property in France is a discretionary purchase. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you choose to do it now, you choose to do it in five years, that's entirely up to you. So the market was quite febrile. Lots of people changing their minds, lots of people changing their criteria. People who, a British buyer, you know, might have had a budget of, say, 800,000 in 2018, would, you know, drop you an email and say, right, we're now going to look for something in a because we we just want to buy something to get a foot in the foot in the door but we don't want to make that full commitment the brits want to get in the foot in the door because this is the transitional year there's a clock ticking so can you just 
share with our listeners what impact that would have and what the expiration of that urgency is. Yeah, it's the the, the urgency is that you know the, the Brexit decision and the withdrawal agreement having been uh, agreed upon uh, at the end of January, which caused a massive spike in inquiries. I mean, January and February were just you know after the British election and the and the decision in January, uh, inquiries just went off the chart mm-hmm. um, as people thought. Right, I may or may not agree with the decision, but the decision has been made, and suddenly I was on a fence for the last three years, and I now need to get off the fence if I want to go and live in France. And you know, the, the agreement is that you know, if somebody from Britain, uh, a British citizen, uh, is classed as resident in France before the end of this year, so by the 31st of December, then under the withdrawal agreement, they can maintain their rights as EU citizens, oh. which you know, which probably has more impact from a you know something like healthcare for example you know if you're in your 50s or 60s uh, or even 70s your you know healthcare starts to become very important and so maintaining those rights as an eu citizen you know is is quite critical because you because also at the moment we don't know nobody knows what those rights will look like next year british buyers are basing their decision based on what they know now which is if i can be resident in france before the end of the year be that buying a property be that renting a property which is which is one option that people are looking at i will then have until mid 2021 to apply for my carte de séjour and if I can demonstrate residency you know that I was resident in France before the 31st of December I maintain my rights as an EU citizen which is what I quite like so that's what I'm going to try and do so it's created this uh, urgency in the market which you know I've not seen in a very long time most of my partners in France have not seen in a very long time because the French property market is reasonably stable you know as as you know I wouldn't say it's not exciting I mean you know we all love it but it's not it's not a particularly dynamic property market but at the moment you know properties in rural France which typically might have been on the market for months possibly even years you know are, are now selling within days of of coming onto the market and staying at their asking price because of the demand from the the, the British buyer um, can the, the the British people who come here to rent or to buy before the 31st and obtain EU citizenship does that mean they'll have dual citizenship or will it just be as before where they would just be an EU citizen it's just as before. Just it's just you know they don't become French citizens. They just they're, they're British citizens with a British passport. Um, but in terms of being within the EU, the you know the the, the Schengen Agreement, effectively they're, they're part of the EU. They get you know they get to enjoy the benefits that they benefit from today as part of you know as, as an EU citizen. And so yes, there is this extraordinary urgency amongst British buyers, and it's quite interesting because I talk to some people and they're quite resentful. They've they've been forced to come off the fence, mm-hmm. you know, and you know they, they are using phrases like "I have a gun to my head." to buy a property in France. Uh, you know, there are other options. You know, you could, you could rent a property as long as it's a proper formal rental agreement and not just, you know, crashing in, you know, a sheet mm-hmm. somewhere at the end of the year. So, you know, there are options if people don't want to commit to making the investment in, in France. But, but but you have to make the psychological decision that you are going to be physically on ground in France before the end of the year. And of course, the challenge with that is, back to your question about COVID, mm-hmm. is of course these buyers, if we talk specifically about British buyers, they've effectively lost four months of research and visiting and viewing. So 
that that's sort of compounded this pressure um you know that they might otherwise have already viewed signed a compromise but they might some of them might have even been in by now had we not had covid so th- there is this confluence of events happening which mean that you've got all the pent-up demand of a three to four month lockdown when no one's really been able to do anything combined with the brexit effect for the british buyers i think there is a a third variable with with covid which is my own um pet theory which is that people have been reflecting on what they want. Um, you know, everyone's had a lot of time at home, you know, lots of people not working, uh, a lot of people spending a lot more time with their families, not commuting, you know, not getting in a, a tube, you know, or a metro, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go into work. Uh, and I genuinely think that that has had an effect on on people's strategic view of what they want from their life personally. And I think that has had a bearing on, you know, the the the, um, the numbers, the volumes of people who are coming out uh, and wanting to buy. Years go in cycles, you get some years where where, you know, most people are looking for holiday. Mm-hmm. And then you get some years where lots of people are looking to emigrate permanently. And, you know, even if you take out the British and the Brexit element, that there's still a large percentage of people who have come off the fence because of Brexit and then have been sitting at home for three or four months reflecting on, well, actually, I would like some more space. And no, I don't really want to be commuting to a city. Oh, and oh, and oh, look, my employer is now letting me work from home. So if I've got broadband and a phone line, then arguably, you know, lots of people are finding, you know, employers have never wanted their employees to learn this but they actually they can do their jobs from home and so we've had a lot of prospective buyers who've contacted us saying uh, and i think this is also why normandy and Brittany are particularly popular at the moment for british buyers particularly i want a situation where i can enjoy rural france i can have the french lifestyle i can maintain my uk salary i get to go back to the uk maybe physically once or twice a month but actually everything's being done by zoom and skype and microsoft teams and so let's go and do it now let's not wait another three four five years until the kids have grown up so there's lots of families moving out lots of buyers who are in their 40s 50s who are you know who are working mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and so i think that that sort of third variable of inner reflection whilst we've been going through lockdown um and actually you know thinking about what is important to us as individuals and what is important to us as as families particularly if you know if you've got children uh, i genuinely think that has caused an uplift in in the people who are looking to buy in France. I can honestly say I sense the same dynamic here because I'm based in Paris. After being under lockdown for a certain period of time, people feel the need for more space, a more bucolic setting. And so I can see that actually being a a driver of people finally pulling the trigger and making a decision and coming to France and just not investing, but actually relocating to France. Tell us a little bit about some of the publications from France media and who are the target audiences for the publications. So the the most popular title is is France Today, which is our flag title, which is really travel and tourism and, and leisure. So it's aimed at the ardent Francophile, really. It's it's aimed at somebody, regardless of what nationality they are or where they are in the world, they love France, they love the culture, they love the food. You know, maybe they go on vacation there, maybe they don't, maybe they just dream of going there one day. It's just, you know, it's just aspirational. You know, they, they like learning little snippets of language. They like reading little fiction stories about, about France and Paris, and they like the architecture. It's really aimed at anybody who were in love with France as I did at the age of at the age of 13 you know or as I did later in life (laughs) 
or as you did later in life. So regardless of your age or nationality or wherever you are in the world, France Today, uh, which obviously also has a, an online presence as well, is, is really aimed at bringing you the, the most interesting you know, nuggets uh, about, about France and, you know, and you know, maybe spending some time talking about the food and the, and the wine and the culture. Um, the demand for information and content about food and wine meant we have actually started a, uh, another title called A Taste of France, which has proved to be very successful. So, so France Today is distributed around the world. It's for sale in, I think, 66 countries at the last count. So, you know, if you're in any news agent in the UK or if you're looking in Barnes and Noble in the States or your most airports, you know, you'll probably find a copy of, of France Today. And obviously you've got subscribers around the world as well as being sold in, in news agents and uh, a number of sort of digital mailing lists uh, that sort of number in the tens of thousands that go out to our readers every every week. So so that's kind of the that's kind of the main one. A French entree, which is my part of the forest, is is really about property and and living. So that is aimed at somebody who either wants to buy in France or possibly already lives in France. So it's also aimed at people who are you know physically already on the ground living in France or perhaps they have a holiday home. So it's full of information about not just the relatively boring stuff like the process and you know how do you finance it and the, the more technical stuff, but also you know lots of features on different areas because I think part of our role if you like is to help guide people on where they would be best buying in France you know lots of people come to us and say I want to buy in France I think I've got a rough idea in my head of what I want I know what I've got to spend you know, I've been on holiday a couple of times but I don't really know it and obviously France is a very you know as you know it's a very diverse country with you know you know, 400, 400 microclimates, depending on who you talk to, you know, so, you know, lots of our readers, you know, who, who sort of go on a journey to become buyers, you know, who become homeowners, want that steer, which is what French Entree can give them both in the magazine and online, you know, the French Entree website, as I say, I used the French Entree website when I was living in France, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, full of really useful information and also quite niche information. You know, there's a section, for example, on, you know, Americans in France, there's a section on Australians in France, and it's updated every week. With, with new content, new new stories, and obviously, you know, new new properties and, and features on, on different areas. So yeah, French Entree is really about buying and living in France. And then I suppose, you know, in terms of Paris, we have a, a special online magazine, essentially, which is called Bonjour Paris, mm-hmm. um, which has been going since the mid-90s. So it's a very well-known, very well-referenced website, not just about property, but, you know, about all the wonderful things that, you know, we love about Paris, be that, you know, the food, the architecture, the shopping, the culture, the fashion, mm-hmm. you know, travel and tourism so it's got a very broad church of readership but predominantly american but i think originally it was a u.s uh, website that we acquired a lot of the audience is is american certainly when i get inquiries on properties that are on Bonjour Paris. They're all American inquiries. It's a really popular website for anybody who loves Paris. So yeah, th- I'd say those are the three main print and digital titles that, that we that we run at, at France Media. Do any of your clients ask you to assist in not necessarily financing, but get counsel on financing and even lending rates or exchange rates? Because it's been all over the place, especially since uh, the pandemic. The rate of exchange between the U.S. has wildly varied and the same for the pound and the euro. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you assist them or guide them in that area? 
I think that you know you you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the two other key areas that that we you know will, will help our prospective buyers with. I mean, obviously it all flows from the property, but yeah, I mean, particularly you know if we talk, talk about mortgages, first of all, you know the the fact that you know interest rates are at a historic low and get a you know fifteen to twenty year you know fixed rate mortgage in in France in euros, uh, which is obviously the currency that you're buying in. So we have lots of clients who don't necessarily start off the process thinking they are going to get a French mortgage, but once they look into it and think, well, in order to buy my property in cash, I'm going to have to disinvest mm-hmm. my earning all my dollars, which are earning me X percent. Or if I'm eligible, and obviously we you know, signpost our, our buyers to lenders and brokers in order to work out if they are eligible. You know, if I'm eligible for a French mortgage in euros, uh, you know, particularly if I can get one that doesn't have early redemption penalties, if I decide to pay it off early, why would I not take out a French mortgage in euros at 1.52% or whatever it is for, for 20 years? So we work with a couple of lenders who you know specialize in helping international buyers uh, and we also work with a couple of specialist brokers who've got access to the whole of the market so we aren't a mortgage broker uh, and i don't i don't profess to be but i can certainly you know look at someone's finances you know we ask a, an, an initial set of questions and i can kind of scan that and go right you know based on what you've provided me with i think that there is a good chance you know you'll, you'll get a loan in which case I'll, I'll introduce you to one of the brokers or actually based on what you've told me i think it i think it's going to be a struggle and therefore i think you need to you know look at look at other ways and uh you know the, the particularly challenging area for us to find finance for although it is possible is with mm-hmm. american buyers because of factor legislation you know it's really, it's challenging it's it challenging, challenging especially you know, for yeah. americans yeah mm-hmm. yeah as you know it's really challenging and you know you end up killing a lot of dreams inadvertently because you know if somebody has decided to do it but they do want to finance it um and then for whatever reason that they're not able to get that finance then you know quite often they'll just walk away from it and say okay it's not for me it's not it's not the right time so you know we do have a couple of lenders you know through our broker partners that that are able to lend to citizens or u.s taxpayers but you know the the lending criteria are much tougher the the barrier to entry is much higher say than for a a british or a or an eu citizen Mm -hmm. um so what's not impossible it it is a bit trickier so yeah we we certainly are able to you know help and signpost those buyers who you know who, who either need to finance or they've kind of had their eyes opened by looking at you know the interest rates you know compared to what they would lose if they disinvested which is always quite an interesting you know thought process you can see you can almost hear the cogs whirring as they work out okay well if i pay in cash then i have to disinvest and i'm going to be losing x or i could potentially get a loan you know and for somebody for somebody in britain particularly where we don't have long-term fixed rate mortgages here they tend to be introductory for you know two or three years and then you're on to a variable rate so Mm -hmm. british clients love the idea of getting a a fixed rate you know where they can then budget you know quite easily for the next you know 10 15 20 years and then on the currency side, you know, again, it's one of those things that people probably don't think about until the last minute, but really they ought to be thinking about it much earlier on in the process. As you know, the, the currency fluctuations have just been, you know, quite astonishing over the, you know, well, this year, really. You know, if somebody goes with the default setting of, I will just get my high street bank to send over the money, mm-hmm. then they're going to get slammed. You know, they're just not, they're, they're not going to be able to get the, the same rate as you can get from from a currency broker. So so yes, we, we, we tend to have that conversation quite early with our clients where we can. We direct them to our currency partner, which is MoneyCore, who we've worked with for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, a, you know, they have a, a conversation about how does it work? How do I protect myself against currency rate fluctuation, particularly when I may not have found my property yet, or I found my property, but it's still going to take two to three months to, to complete, you know, that a lot can happen in two to three months rate wise. So those are the two main areas that, you know, you know, I certainly try and, you know, if not have a conversation with you know, flag to our prospective buyers. I suppose 
suppose the challenge for us is that, you know, we work with a network of partner agencies on the ground in France. Mm-hmm. Um, those are licensed real estate agents. And, and, and what we're doing is we're, we're helping the estate agent to market their properties to an audience that they might not be able to get in front of. And conversely, we are helping the buyer to see properties, usually with independent agencies, that they wouldn't otherwise get to see because they aren't on your usual portals. And personally, I quite like working with you know, smaller independent agencies. And so the slight challenge with that model is I don't know quite how good the agent is going to be on the ground who takes them out. So, you know, we are effectively the insurance policy for all of our buyers, regardless of where they're coming from and regardless of who they go and see on the ground. Uh, you know, I want them to know that they can come back to us. You know, they may not need to. You know, if they have a brilliant agent who really looks after them, who's got their own black book of contacts, you know, chances are we might not speak to them again, really. But if they need to, then then we want them to know that they can come back to us and, and ask us the question and we'll try and find the answer. It's really about relationships and being relationship driven, but also you're, you're a resource for anyone who's interested in France, particularly Anglophones, who are Francophiles. And you have the, the publications, the resources, and the partnerships to do that. Alistair, I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing a little bit of a big picture of France media and French entree. Any closing thoughts for our listeners who are interested in, in France, whether it is to buy, to rent, to live, to enjoy? Well, uh, I mean, obviously, I can I can heartily recommend it. You know, we are living in strange times. I don't think that the desire to live in France will ever go away. Uh, I think people will evolve what they want from the experience and they might do it in a slightly different way. You know, they might buy something that five years ago they wouldn't have thought they would buy, but actually now it feels much more appropriate. You know, one of the key things for me is to build, you know, a good relationship with, you know, either somebody like ourselves, you know, who you know, who have all of this, you know, knowledge rattling around in our heads that we can share mm-hmm. um, you know, and or to build a relationship with with an agency, you know, uh, with an estate agent on the on the ground to really get them to buy into your plan and your project so that they want to help you find the right property because you do need a sprinkling of good luck. You do need a sprinkling of good timing. But really the key thing is to have a, an agent that is in your corner. I would definitely suggest that your listeners, if they haven't really done so, go and have a look at the, the French Entree site, the Bonjour Paris website, um, and they can contact me directly on my email, which is alistair uh, at frenchentree.com, which is A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R at frenchentree.com. And I'll certainly answer any questions that any of your audience have got. Alistair, thank you so much for joining us for your time and for your information. And I'm sure that we have a lot of people who will be interested in using you as a resource for their entree into France. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Property tailored for you.